Podcast Studios. This is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Happy hump day, friends. Happy hump day? (laughs) Yeah, I know the days are starting to blend together again. We're at that point. Uh, First off, how are you? I don't know if we're asking that question enough of the people that we come across. How are you? How are you doing? Me, are you okay? Me personally, you know what? I'm I'm okay. I had a I had a great conversation with my husband about like the stage of life that we're in right now and how the pandemic has affected us. And we really can't think of a lot of negatives. And I know that sounds crazy to some people because this whole thing, as it continues and gets closer to being one year since the anniversary of this whole thing going down, you know, it's changed their lives dramatically. But for us. And I think it's just the point in in life where we're at. We have young kids. We would not have done a shit ton of traveling. We, you know, would not have, you know, I don't know, done a lot of things that you can't basically haven't been able to do or maybe we're told not to do or encouraged not to do anyway. So aside from, you know, I miss seeing my friends and seeing my family in big groups. I've still managed to be able to squeeze in throughout this last little while, little visits here and there while I could. Um, and stuck to my little family and my little bubble. So honestly, I'm doing okay. I, I would stay in most of the time now at this stage of my life, I think, anyway. I'm not out and about so much. So I'm personally, I'm do, I'm doing good. I like I like saving a little bit of money on stuff that I would have I would have spent a shit ton of money on all kinds of things, right? But so anyway, I, I did have a great conversation about that. But I know that everyone's in such a different spot in their life. How how about you? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm really losing my patience, I think, with stupidity. Yeah. So I admit that I'm getting a little snappy. I, I'm telling people just flat out, just fuck off. You know, like I, I just can't anymore with some of these people that there's some that are intentionally just being antagonists and there's some who are intentionally breaking the rules and some people just don't get it. Uh, case in point, yesterday, I think most people know by now, the government announced a stay at home order. I'll be honest with you. I don't know what that means. I really don't. <laughs> and it, maybe it's Doug himself that listens to this podcast. Maybe it's one of his staff. I don't know. But if you could relay a message to the premier or Doug yourself, if you're listening. It's very confusing what you announced yesterday. Now, I have gone through it and I think I've been able to decipher some of what is going on or what the intention was. But it shouldn't take the news conference they're holding today to answer questions from yesterday's news conference because it's it, uh, people just want some answers. So we're going to try and sift through some of the shit that came down yesterday. Like when you heard stay at home order, did you know what that meant? I mean, no, not compared to what we're in now. No. What didn't make sense to me is what is the big difference? And I know there are some minor differences, but to me, they're minor differences. They're not big differences between where we are now, lockdown, and what we are heading into. I I don't get it. Who's out gallivanting and doing what anyway? Who's not going out for essential stuff anyway? For most people, I think the majority of the population, this changes absolutely nothing. Well, it shouldn't. And and there is a very subtle difference here. And I don't know that people have necessarily picked up on the nuance. Here's the situation, guys. Before, we were asked, please stay home unless it's for an essential reason. And people said, "Eh, fuck off. So then they started closing businesses down, and that was devastating. Closing businesses down, so many people have lost their job. People still didn't stay home, but the government was still asking. Now they're telling you, 
stay home. Unless it's for an essential reason, stay home. And now they've given a little more teeth to the law. The police and even bylaw can write you up for this one now. Um, or, or the police will get more engaged in an area that was typically a bylaw area. It, it's hard to explain, but uh, it's just a jurisdictional issue, really. But really, you're, you're going to be fined now. And I heard that it's up to a year in jail if you are flagrantly disregarding the rules now. So this is all part of an evolution. And when I say that, here's what I mean. I know that we tend to live in the right now. We've been doing it since the beginning of the pandemic. You'll recall back in March, there were some people who were saying, oh, shut shit down, blah, blah, blah. And they phased it in. First, they started closing some businesses. And then a couple of days later, they added more businesses to it and then more businesses to it. Remember that? Because there were, uh, I, I distinctly yep. remember all the messages we got from construction right. workers, for example. Yep. Guys, history is repeating itself. You want that spring lockdown, which I don't, by the way. I, I just don't think people can handle it. I don't think the economy can handle it. I really don't. But we might need it. So this is exactly now what happened last spring. It's coming in gradually. And the reason for that is because people can't seem to process change on any sort of a level. Also, because they're looking down the line. The government isn't thinking right now, this is the end. We, we just shut shit down and the COVID will go away in a month. It really doesn't work like that. And we should know that from the first wave because that two-week shutdown became a month shutdown, became six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks. It wasn't until more than two months into the last lockdown that things started to reopen. And I think the government knows that the real dangerous area is between, say, now and likely about spring break. So I'm fully expecting that schools are not reopening in February. Maybe they will. Maybe the government's going to say, yeah, they will and and reopen the schools. I don't know that they will. I've talked to a number of teachers now that seem to think, yeah, their kids probably aren't going to go back to the way things were until about after March break. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, that's. That's speculation, but it's kind of an educated guess. We learned a lot in the second wave. And if you think about what's going on now and you just remember back 10 months, not even a year ago, we went through this. They bring these things in in stages. And and even though there's some people who are mad that we're not going into a full, full blown lockdown like we were in in the spring. Mm -hmm. Think back to last spring. They worked us up to that. It was a couple of days and then they shut down more couple more days they shut down more they can't just say fuck it we're done shut her down for a month because that's not going to solve the problem what happened at christmas was predictable but it's worse than we thought it could have been right yeah and and they really do have to take it step by step and schools is one of those things unfortunately they do and it sucks for everybody it sucks for everybody to not know the unknown is the is the the whole thing the whole the shittiest part of everything for me is the unknown and be if you're a parent with a school-aged kid and you are not sure if your kid's going to be home for two weeks to two months like you really truly don't know that sucks i did i was curious about how march break would factor into this because if you do let kids back in school before march break but you're are you still going to have a march break and if you do have a March break, are you running the risk of having to shut down after that following March break? It's a vi- like the whole thing is just it's going to be tough. Right. Listen, if we went into a full blown lockdown now, it wouldn't do enough. It would 
definitely help, but it wouldn't do enough to end this. And people seem to think that it will. It won't. There's still so many infections coming out of Christmas. And and the people who caught it on Christmas, yeah, they went through their two-week period, fine. But it's the people they gave it to in those two weeks and the people that those people gave it to in those two weeks. We're on a bit of an explosion right now. And and the announcement that came down yesterday from the province is meant to sort of slow things down, but not as much about slowing down the spread. It's more about preparing people for what's coming. So let's uh, break down what it is here. Stay at home order means you can't leave the house unless it's for an essential reason. The two examples they gave were grocery shopping or going to a medical appointment. I don't know why else people are leaving, but I think people need to understand that if you're confused about any of the things that got announced yesterday, you only have to remember one rule. Stay home unless it's essential. And they were asking us before. Now they've made it the law. You got to stay home. So if you're thinking to yourself, hey, I'm going to go see my uh, drop off my husband's lunch. He forgot it at home. Mm, it'll be up to a police officer if they pull you over to decide if that's an essential reason to but, leave but the it's house. Such a funny, like it's okay. But let's fucking be honest here. If that happened, okay, you, yep. if 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 my husband forgot his lunch, I don't know, and I, oh, he really is hungry and he needs his lunch. I, I'm on my way to bring it to him. You can easily lie to the cop. I'm not saying you do it. I'm saying people will do it if they even get pulled over to begin with. Mm-hmm. I don't really. And, and again, I go back to I don't see how this changes anything at all. I mean, you're still I, most people are going out for essentials. And if not, they're lying about it. They're just going to do the same thing here. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And, and they can lie. I mean, uh, I gave an example this morning on Facebook to somebody who was questioning that. Well, why don't I just tell the cop that I'm on my way to do groceries? Um, cops go through a fair bit of training, and one of the things they're good at is knowing when people are lying. A lot of cops are anyway. Uh, if you're someone who drives around with a burnt-out headlight and the police pull you over, maybe your first instinct is to say, oh, I'm on my way to the mechanic right now. Cops ask a few more questions. They'll do a little investigating. Maybe they'll give you the ticket anyway and say they'll take away the ticket if you can prove you went to the mechanics. I mean, there's a lot of ways that they can catch people in a lie, but you need to have an essential reason for being out of the house. And if you don't have one, from what I understand, the fine is going to be in the thousands and it's up to one year in jail. So maybe that'll make people really ask themselves if the reason they're leaving the house is essential. And again, like mm-hmm. we said, this is all part of preparing people for what's coming next. We know there's going to be a lockdown or we're pretty confident there's going to be a lockdown. How long that's going to last and what that's going to look like, we don't know. I mean, sure, they could shut shit down now. Like a curfew, you mean? It could be a curfew or it could be a full-blown shut down all businesses that are not essential. Like in the spring. Remember that? If the business could operate remotely, it was allowed to operate. But if it couldn't operate remotely, you had to shut it down. Right. Okay, it'll gotcha. be like that. And and those who can still do curbside, which it, can can people still do curbside? Like if I own a yes. clothing, no. Yes. Oh yes. yes. Okay. Sorry, I thought I said no. So yeah, like if you're operating currently curbside pickup for a g- gift store, let's say, and you've still been doing curbside pickup for your products, and you found a way to figure that out online, and people come and they pick up their product, and that's well and good. Is there a chance that those people will be shut down completely, even from a curbside pickup? Because buying a lamp at a store isn't necessarily essential. But I'm also supposed to support local. So there's where the fucking mixed messaging comes in. 
Right. So the curbside thing right now, there are people who actually need things. For example, uh, the Canadian Tire near me happens to be closed right now, except for curbside pickup. Mm -hmm. Well, if I need a car battery, I need to be able to get a car battery. So I can get that curbside right now. And and I can get anything they sell there curbside. Maybe I need a snowblower or God batteries. Who knows what the fuck? uh, Sidewalk salt is a great example because I needed that yesterday. Sure. I mean, that, that freezing drizzle yesterday was shit. shit. Right? It kind of yeah. came out of nowhere and it made things real <laughs> slippery. But anyway, that's off topic. Um, but that yes, to me when it's it com- essential. You know, I'm not going to have someone slip on my property and, and, and sue me or something. So I'm going to get out and I got to get that. Sure. And you know what? That comes back down to frontline workers. And if we do go back into a lockdown, which I think is only a couple of steps away, is a full-blown lockdown, some things will do curbside. Some businesses won't. Uh, Maybe there won't be a demand for it. Maybe there will. It's really hard to say. But it's going to look soon just like it looked in the spring, as far as I can tell. And and yeah, I'm one of those people that thinks it is a distinct possibility that schools will not be back in until after March break. After Family Day at the absolute earliest, and the Family Day long weekend is a month from today. So, what happens now? Well, there's a lot of confusion over the gatherings. It's kind of funny because people got really hung up on that when they announced it yesterday. You could have gatherings with up to five people. And, and some felt that that was a mixed message. Stay home, but you can have a gathering up to five people. So again, let's default to the most important thing in there. The most important thing was stay home unless it's essential. Now, if I have to, uh, um, if I had my wedding planned for this weekend, I don't have to cancel my wedding, but it certainly does have to be smaller and it must be outside. See, unless. Unless I'm only having people that I live with at my indoor wedding. I think it's still for funeral services, religious services, rites or ceremonies, including weddings. It's 10 still indoors. Is it 10? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, there's what? Bride, groom, officiant, two witnesses and parents. Who are you that wants to do that, by the way, right now? I mean, Mm -hmm. I get it. You just want to get it out of the way. And that makes sense to me. So, fine. You want to invite all the people you can. But... Man, that sucks. Like, you're in a shitty spot if you were like this. I'm just going to get married. I'm just going to do it. Forget mm-hmm. it. Yeah. In a way, it's almost kind of a great way to do it. Talk away about taking away all the pressure. If you just want to get married for the sake of getting married, yeah. Yeah, this is a great excuse to just have that low-key commitment ceremony. Yeah. Um, the gatherings thing, again, you have to only leave the house for essential reasons. Yeah. I mean, if you're bringing, here's a great example of where, okay, gatherings of five people. If you are with your kids and you have a parent that lives alone and you need to bring them something, groceries, whatever, then that would probably be okay. You know, as long as it's under five, you're dropping off things to them, right? Is that a good example of a random excuse that would work? Yeah, I mean, it it likely would. Um, It comes down to the police's discretion at this point, and they're the ones who are going to decide if that is an essential reason that you're out. But, I mean, this is now real, everybody. This is real. Tickets, possibility of jail time if you don't comply with the public health rules. And it sucks that we got to this point. I just want to say that the restrictions we had, the gray zone lockdown, should have been enough to get us out of the situation we're in or to prevent the situation we're in. The problem is people are looking to get around these rules. Oh, okay, so I can have a social gathering up to five people? Great, I'm having some guys over and I'm going to hook up a TV in the backyard for the Leaf game on Saturday night. I mean, you can, but because people did do shit like that, now they've made it the actual fucking law 
that you have to stay home unless it's for an essential reason. This is not a rules problem. This is not a government problem. It's a people problem. And the government knows it. I mean, yesterday when they released the modeling data, they produced a survey. They commissioned a survey, and they I think it was Ipsos that did it, and I think I might have even actually taken that survey. They asked people, how stringently are you complying with the public health rules? A third of the 14.5 million people in Ontario are breaking the rules. A third. Mm-hmm. They can't just go hardcore lockdown right now with no idea how long it's going to last. Not when a third of the population already isn't even doing this. Because when it does get bad, likely at the end of this month or the beginning of February, when it does get bad, they're going to need people to fully comply with the lockdown. The longer a lockdown goes on, the less people give a shit. The more they start screaming that they want out. And then there's that pressure. Reopen things. We've been through this again. We know how this works. It's the same thing as in the spring. It's coming in gradually and they're looking at the end game as well. And and the end game, maybe it is March break. Maybe that's when we're going to have an adequate supply of vaccines and the death tolls will start dropping. Maybe that's when it is that we can fully say COVID's behind us for the most part. But not knowing that for sure, they've got to do it slowly, and they don't want people locked down again for two and a half months. If they can do it for one month, great. We're just not at a point right now where one month is enough. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason for it. I mean, if you're confused about it, all you have to do is, again, remember the single rule. Stay home unless it's essential. As for gatherings, just because you can doesn't mean you should, but it's one of our charter rights that we have the freedom to assemble. So all this does is put a cap on how many people can do it, and five people is about the minimum number you could have for an assembly. So it is what it is, guys. I mean, we're here because of us. The gray zone shit should have worked. It really should have, but people didn't pay attention to it. So now the people who don't pay attention to it could go to jail. They could. I don't think anybody is going to go to jail, but they could. Um, Hey, does a $1,000 fine make you ask yourself, is it worth it to try and sneak over and see my boyfriend? Maybe it will be enough to say, "Mm, you know what, I think I'll just stay home. Uh, My buddy has that new bar, and I still haven't been over to his basement to see it yet. You've got a bar that I haven't been over to visit yet. That's right. If you were to invite me over this weekend, I've got to make a choice. Well, the odds of getting caught are fairly slim. But if I do get caught, it's a minimum, say, $1,200 fine, yeah, and I could go to jail for a year. Yeah, like most things aren't worth it when you think about the fact that it is, although it doesn't feel temporary at moments, it feels like this is like our forever. We're going to look back on it, and it's going to be like a blink and a blimp. Let's hope. Let's hope, right? Yes, certain things will change forever, but this moment where we have to restrict our gatherings and not see our friends and not see our family, it is temporary, and it sucks in this moment for sure, but... Yeah, I mean, you, you you nailed it. You have to ask yourself, is it is it worth it? I said that to you know over the over the holidays even like, oh, do we go over here and see this person's new basement? You know, they just finished their basement. Oh, what if we just glance and like you know just go in quickly and glance? Like, is it worth this fine that we would get? Because technically, we're over the people. No, it's not. So it's really not. It's really not. Um, but you have to ask yourself that question for yourselves. You know, I'm in a weird situation because I do live alone. So I'm allowed to congregate with people from one other house. But I'm also told, stay home unless it's essential. Well, because my girlfriend has very much a nine to five job and she's a successful professional in her occupation, uh, we tend to get together on weekends. Typically, Friday night, 
I go over to her place or she comes over to my place. I don't know if we can do that anymore. I'm really not sure if I can get away with that anymore. If that's a good enough excuse. I do live alone, but I was told stay home unless it's essential. Is going to visit my girlfriend essential? A a cop might think no, it's not essential. So I. uh, That's weird. That is so weird too because, but then you look at the gathering and you think, okay, but you're right. It has to have that essential tag on it. mm -hmm. But Uh, you could also, you're lucky that you have an excuse about your your dog. Maybe your dog could factor in there, right? That could be essential. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> I if you know. consider dogs like people, I mean, I do have a dog slash child care obligation there in yeah. that when she's at work throughout the day, I go over and take care of the dog. Yeah, you have a good reason. So, yeah, I might be OK. But again, I'm probably going to ask myself, is this important if I'm going over there to take care of the dog? Yeah, that's essential. But I usually do that during the day when she's at work. Do I hang out there until she gets home? I don't know. It's I've got to ask some serious questions of myself, too. But listen, just keep in mind, everybody, this is not the end. This is just another step. And again, think back to the spring. You know how it worked. It was phased in. It was a slow rollout. But then there was one drop dead date in April where, boom, lock it down. And that's coming. February will be worse than January. This is just one of the steps. So you don't need to freak out. Ah, they should have gone further. Oh, they will. We just have to pick the right moment. Otherwise, the whole thing is going to get fucked up before we actually need people to comply. Uh, One thing that I do think is great that came out of it is, and I think that this should end all the bitching and moaning about Costco and Walmart, is the government is sending enforcement inspectors into big box stores at any time. Any one of those people walking around Walmart could be an undercover inspector from the Ministry of Labor, could be a police officer, could be anybody. And if that store is over capacity, to quote Doug Ford, he said, I'll be all over them like an 800-pound gorilla. (laughs) I don't think Walmart's going to fuck around with this. I really don't. Uh, Costco, I don't see them screwing around with this either. If the fine is, I don't know, what will it be? Probably minimum $100,000 for being over capacity, I would guess. Is Walmart or Costco going to take that chance or are they going to double check that they've got no more than the max limit inside the store at one time? Well, it's so funny. So as we speak, um, information is being is coming down now from what is essential, basically. Um, Mm -hmm. What is what big box retailers should be selling and 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 not selling. And with that questions, too. So I'm just going to read some of this because I do find this interesting. So they say. Uh, why is so the question is why is the province issuing a stay-at-home order while also permitting curbside pickup? So okay, that's fine. I I don't know. I think that one's a pretty it's a more clear answer than a lot of the others. But they say uh, they it assumes every single person in Ontario has easy access to online shopping. That there's a big box retailer in their community. Not true for every case. So in that case, absolutely take advantage of that. What is an essential item? Here's the answer officially. The government of Ontario cannot determine what is essential for every person in this province, each with their own unique circumstances and regional considerations. Legally defining what is essential risks cutting people off from goods that may be legitimately necessary for their health, well-being and safety. So, yeah, you know what, Scott? It's necessary for me to go pick up a, a MP3. I don't know who the fuck gets an MP3 player or whatever it is at Walmart. Because that's uh-huh. for my mental health. Do you see how there's a lot of you can't you it's true you can't block off certain things because to someone it might be essential is what well, they're trying to say with that. And then what is an essential trip is another question. Once again, 
the official answer for you guys. The government of Ontario cannot determine what is essential for every person in this province, each with their own unique circumstances and regional considerations. Yeah. So it's it's a great question that they can't even answer. Well, you know what, though? I mean, this is why a little bit of common sense needs to prevail. You'll remember on Boxing Day, all over the news, all day Boxing Day, the the CP24 and Global and CTV, they were everywhere at, at, at these big box stores. Look at all the people coming out here with TVs. Okay, well, I mean, if a TV is what yes. makes you comfortable staying home, yeah. then I consider that essential. Yeah. You I'm know- sorry, but it is. I agree with you. And then they, they they themselves put in the mental health asterisks, and that should be in there. There's a lot of people who are really having a hard time. It is difficult right now, especially, you know, well, there's a lot of different scenarios. But I'll give you an example as having little kids, right, trying to entertain them. You know, they're having tantrums. They can't focus. You're trying to get things done. You need to go take a drive and whatever. You need to grocery shop anyway. You take your kids with you. You do what you have to do for your own mental health and well-being. So mm-hmm. I seriously... I, I'm just trying to say that there's a lot of, I don't even want to call them excuses because some of them really are legitimate. Whether you want to use them as an excuse and fake it, that's actually up to you. It's actually up to you because I think you can, in this new set of circumstances, make up anything you want to. And for some people, it is legitimate. Some people might think it's crazy someone wants to drive around for an hour. Is there is that absolutely essential in someone's mind? Why are you driving around and, and stopping into a store just to see people? That's not essential. Well, for their own fucking well-being, mentally... It is essential that they see people and not feel so isolated because they're living alone. So, yeah, I would consider that essential. You can't judge another's situation. So that's why I think the government is so hard put to put that into words as to what exactly is essential and is non-essential. I agree with you. And you know what? They did try and define it out in Manitoba, and they had a lot of issues with that. It's reality. What's essential is kind of a subjective thing. Uh, You mentioned uh, the kids and their mental health, too. Uh, Listen, if your kid has a very special Olaf doll and God forbid the dog chews up that Olaf doll, you got to replace that or you're going to have one very unhappy kid. That was their special toy. So is going out toy shopping essential? Not to a lot of people. It probably wouldn't be. But to your personal circumstance, that is essential to keep the kid happy because you need to replace that Olaf doll. If you can order it curbside, you're not coming into contact with anybody. Great, even better. And you should probably get used to curbside pickup because most things are going to be curbside pickup soon. I firmly think that that's coming. This is just another step in the process. Now, the other thing that keeps hanging over all of this is the planes. Literally hanging over it is all the fucking planes in the sky. I don't know if people necessarily understand this, but air travel is federally regulated federally regulated and we have a new transport minister as of yesterday welcome to i don't know whoever that guy is i've never even heard of him. <laughs> welcome to guy welcome guy yeah welcome new guy you got so, a big problem on your hands what yeah how does new guy feel about it do we even know no well i mean presumably he is in favor of keeping the airports open or he wouldn't be in charge of transportation where his two biggest priorities are air canada and WestJet. i would assume anyway um the planes flying in yeah, I'm really kind of divided on this. Yeah. In a way, I want to shut the airports down just mm-hmm. so we can shut people up about it. But the people who are coming in have to go through some pretty strict guidelines. They have to self-isolate. And the rules around that are pretty mandatory. Now they can even get tested before they land. In a lot of cases, they can't even get on the plane to come here unless they can show a negative test. 
and it's not foolproof, but I mean, I look at those numbers fairly regularly. And when they're saying like, uh, we had 4,000 new cases in Ontario yesterday, three of them were linked to travel. That's not a huge number. That's really not a big number, but I get that it's frustrating for people who are mad because they would like to travel or they're just miserable and don't want anybody to travel because they can't. I I, I don't know exactly what the big issue is. If you're worried about the number of cases it's producing, I mean, the number is fairly small. It's real, but it is fairly small. Canadians have the right to come home. I don't know why they're not here now, but if God help us and our Constitution and Charter of Rights and Freedoms, if some senior that was down in Florida at their condo wants to come home, but the land crossings are closed and they can't fly because the airports are closed. You've got to give people a lot of notice. You've got to help them get home. Remember back in the spring? Uh There we are again, back in the spring. We were paying to repatriate people to Canada. Not everybody came. Not everybody wants to come right now. Can't force people to return to Canada, but they have the right to come back anytime they want. So it's kind of a catch-22. I wish people wouldn't travel recreationally. It's probably not the right time to do it, but, mm-hmm. you know. I, but they can. That's but the, they that's can. The key, it's not illegal. Right? I know. It's so messed up. It's so messed up. Already there's talk to about cottages remember that whole fiasco from last year fuck yeah that's coming up again isn't it yeah and they they Mm -hmm. actually that was one of the questions in case you do have a cottage and you do and it is winterized and perhaps you do like to go up they are asking people to stay home and only again only leave for essential purposes that should not be an essential reason to leave your home just to go for your own leisure okay i I you know to me though i mean if i own a cottage i own a cottage and whether i consider my primary resident or what i consider my primary residence is my business but if i own a cottage in muskoka and i feel like well there's nothing i can do uh here that i can't do there so fuck it i'm gonna go and look at some nice trees and be very distanced from other people then fuck it i'm gonna go to my cottage i'm not bothering anybody i'm not putting anybody in danger i'm just moving from one home to my other home and that should be okay but i mean i don't make the rules i don't I just try and make sense of them. And sometimes they don't. But in that case, I don't think that rule makes sense. And they're not enforcing anything that said. They're just suggesting that you do not. So it's not like, oh, you go to your cottage, you're going to get a $3,000 fine. That's not not at all what they're saying. But even the ask, I feel like that's a big ask too. Well, are you going to pay for that spot then that I'm paying for? You know what I mean? For that time that I can't be there? I don't think you are. So You know what though? (laughs) Yeah. and, And I'm sure there's a certain element too of... There's going to be people, if they say, yeah, 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 your cottage is fine, that are going to try and play with the rules again, because that seems to be, it's just a giant game of cat and mouse. The government makes a rule and people figure out a way to get around it. They're going to start renting out cottages. And then if I've paid to rent a cottage, technically that's my home for that week. Okay, well, fuck it. I'm going to Muskoka for the week. I'm going to do a little cross-country skiing, some ice fishing, that sort of thing. I think that's what they're trying to avoid. Oh, and you got to get groceries on your way up there and go into their stores and possibly bring COVID into another region. They're not going to say that's okay. But at the end of the day, if you do your just bring shit from home and go directly there and stay there. Mm -hmm. I don't see a big problem with that. But you don't expect the government to say that that's okay. They're not going to do that because every time they try and clarify something or say, okay, in that circumstance, it's okay. They're not going to do that. They're just going to be, here's the rules. And again, the big overall one, stay home unless it's for an essential reason. 
And as long as everybody remembers that, I think that nobody's going to jail or going to get a pretty substantial fine. But we know there will be. We know there will be. People are going to break the rules. It's just the way it works. Again, this is not a rules problem. It's not a government problem. Don't blame the government for this. It's a people problem. It's a people problem. Mm, Okay. Uh, Quickly here, they're going to try and impeach Donald Trump today. So what (laughs) decipher what this even means or if this means anything at all. Okay, we'll we'll end on this seven days. We got a week to go. Right. And then he's out. Right. So So there's more. There's more to this. And this is what I've been able to figure out just from looking at the situation. And and this is what I think. People are getting caught up in the nuance there. Part of the reason and even Nancy Pelosi has admitted this part of the reason impeachment makes sense is because if they impeach the guy twice, he can't run again in 2024. Okay, well, I mean, are they really afraid of running against him in 2024? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think there's a chance that this whole rigged election fucking fiasco that's been going on now since November, I think there's a chance that if that comes up again... They want to make Trump ineligible to take over as president. I'll I'll give you an example. Let's say that some crazy earth-shattering proof came out tomorrow. The election was rigged. Joe Biden didn't actually win. Let's say some obscure court in Pennsylvania or Georgia just randomly threw out a ton of ballots that had gone for Biden. That can change the outcome of the election. If it did change the outcome of the election, technically Trump won and Trump should be president. But if he's been impeached twice, he can't be president. So I think that when they say, oh, we just want to make sure he can't run again in 2024. I think really just as important, if not more important to them, is making sure that if shit goes down and this election continues to be an issue, he can't take over as president. And then I don't know what the fuck would happen. What would it be? Mike Pence is the president. Would they hold another election? Would the Republicans be able to elect a new leader who would then be president? That's such a stretch of like, that's not going to happen. Like the likelihood is so slim. You think? But it's, what of the, yeah, like of, of, of something being proven that something was rigged. It's not happening. Yeah, possibly. I mean, the courts can do whatever they want. That's the X factor here, right? The courts can make rulings. And let's say, for example, somebody went to the Seventh Circuit in New York and said, "Yeah, you know what? We just found some evidence here that 15,000 of those ballots shouldn't have been counted. Okay, we'll take away 15,000 ballots and that changes the outcome of the election. But if you've already got Trump in a position where he can't be president again because he's been impeached twice. It's not going to happen, man. He's, he's done. He's toast, man. Go make your new platform. That's where he's, and you know what? He might excel at that. Get out of there. Go make your new platform. That's well, he needs to raise some money because his uh, properties have taken a pretty substantial hit over the last Absolutely. four years. They have. And banks, can, are banks allowed to refuse to, 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 to work with you or, or for you to be a client there? Because I was reading, and I don't know the legitimacy of this. I will say that. I don't know. I can't even tell you the source of it. But that banks were going to refuse to lend him or be a part of anything. So does that mean personal banking? Can you well, refuse I, someone personal banking? It, it's hard to say. I know that they can certainly refuse him financing for just about right. any reason they want. For sure. And I would think capital is what he needs. You know, I'm really trying to figure out if he can live the life he was living 
based on the support of the base that he has accumulated I, since he became president? The life, okay, great question. Because the life he was living, I think the answer is easily no. But a good life with a steady income uh, speaking to crowds when, when you can do these things, he will absolutely still draw sold out crowds, especially in those key states, those states that are still Trump supporters. He can make a very fine living, I'm sure, a very cushy, cushy living. Him and his whole family, if they wanted to just do tours of talking to people and do basically rallies without it being a rally. You know what I mean? Do his usual Trump. I'm going to stand at a podium and talk some shit about people. There will be people flocking to that. So I sure. do think he'll make a very comfortable living after this. It just depends on what he chooses to do with with it. Yeah, I mean, if, nearest I can tell, there's a fair bit of debt. Uh, a lot of his money was hypothetical in the sense that it was worth, not necessarily money in the bank. And we know that his reputation has taken a hit. So I don't know if he can go back to flying around on his own private 737, which is a beautiful airplane, by the way. But presumably that would be his mode of transportation. Can he afford to keep up a 737 in the air with a full crew? I don't know if he's got that kind of money or if he will. Will he need to sell things off like Trump Tower or his some of his golf properties? I don't know what the answer is. It's going to be really interesting, though. Um, and the money he could make from... A book deal, speaking right? engagements, yeah. like you just said. Maybe he does develop the next Twitter, and he's like the top guy. He's the Jack Dorsey of whatever platform it is he creates. Right. Maybe he could be his own Mark Zuckerberg, or maybe it flops. Maybe the guy goes to jail. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, it's here. a real mystery, isn't it? Uh, the next four years for him are going to be interesting. I think the next seven days are going to be really interesting, too, in whatever happens. Uh, as far as the impeachment today goes... I don't know that it's necessary. I don't think they can even get it done before he would have been out of office anyway. And then the question that legal scholars will ask themselves is, can you impeach someone that's not even in power anymore? So the whole thing could all be in vain anyway. I don't know how it's going to play out, but it's certainly going to be interesting, especially for me, who really enjoys the observation mm -hmm. of the politics. Yeah. This is and your time, man. This is your time. It really is. And I keep trying to figure out what the end game here is. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's possible that maybe part of the reason they want to impeach him twice is so that he can't run again in 2024. Also, in case there is some sort of a dispute with the election, that's okay. a possibility. Or maybe they just want to stick it to him. Maybe they just want to fuck him as hard as they can because right. they don't the like record. what he did to them for the yeah. last four Put years. Put it on the record books that he was impeached twice. Do that. That, that would probably make them feel better, too. Yeah, absolutely. I think all of the above. I think you hit all of the above with what they're what the plan is for that if they do it. Well, no matter how far fetched, I think we've covered all the angles, but fuck, there could be shit I haven't even thought of here. So <laughs> I'm yeah. really curious to see how it plays out from a strategy standpoint and a practical standpoint. I mean, money might become an issue. And, and I don't he's never gonna want something that he has to save for again. I don't think so. I mean, the guy's always gonna be wealthy. But whether or not he can maintain all of those luxuries, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, do you know what the property taxes on Mar-a-Lago must be? Absolutely. It, oh. Is that even profitable down there in Palm Beach? I don't know. Is, is he losing money on having his airplane in the sky? I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting. In any case, today could be an historic day when the House votes on January 13th, 2021 on whether or not to impeach the president for a second time. After that, by the way, process says it has to go to the Senate for a trial. Okay. 
And on that, we will say have a great day, everybody. Uh, Good luck figuring out all the new rules and regulations. (laughs) Stay home. Or if you're not going to stay home, today's your last day to get away with it. And uh, we'll catch you back here tomorrow. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.